The following message is recorded at City Light Church in Vicksburg, Mississippi. City Light Church exists to shine the light across in our city and world through the transformed lives of its people. For more information on the church and its ministries, please visit www.citylightvicksburg.org. Teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. Has not Moses given you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, you have a demon who is seeking to kill you. Jesus answered them, I did one work, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? And here he is speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? But we know where this man comes from, and when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, You know me, and you know where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? This is God's word. Amen. Will you pray with me, family? God, we are grateful for this opportunity to gather together in one place, in one mind, in one heart, in one spirit, Lord, to set our face towards you, to set our hearts towards you. Father, would you speak to us on this morning by your spirit, Lord? Would you allow grace to overshadow our speaking and overshadow our hearing, O Lord, that we might in some measure be drawn to see you more clearly and to love you more, Lord? Father, we are weak, but you are strong. Let your strength be made perfect in our weakness on this morning for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated for, how's everybody doing today? Amen. Amen. I'm glad you're doing well. So that means you can pray much for me. Because as you, some may know and others may not, I'm exceedingly nervous. Amen. I'm very comfortable with a microphone in my hand while I'm singing, but not so much while I'm preaching. Uh, But we know that God is God regardless. Amen. Amen. And so we'll just pray that by, by his spirit, he'll do what he wants to do in this place on today. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 6, or chapter 7 rather, we do see a similar layout in terms of John chapter 6 in that we have this crowd. Uh, and we have this crowd and they all have a uh, different perspective or, or different feelings about the person of Jesus. And as we look about uh, at the interactions 
of this crowd. I'll actually need this still. No, I don't want to update. Everything happens when you don't want it to, right? John 7, there we go. Uh, as we look at the interactions between uh, this crowd and Jesus, we see three things, and we'll use those three things to frame our discussion on this morning. We see disbelief, we see debate, and we see a decision. John 7, verse 1, after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judah uh, or in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand, so his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples may also see the works you are doing, for no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for even his brothers, for not even, excuse me, for not even his brothers believe in him. Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to the feast for my time has not yet come. In verse 5, we read, for even not his brothers believed in him. And we know from the text that they weren't the only ones. We can trace back even from the beginning uh, of the Gospel of John, certainly in chapter 6 that we just finished, walk through. But one would think, you know, this is, this is family. You know, this is somebody that's close to him, that's had the opportunity to do a lot of life with him, a lot more life than what the disciples had uh, in this, the recent time of Jesus' ministry here at this point. But proximity does not equal saving faith. So what was the problem? What was the disconnect how could we be so close yet so far away well, if you look at their words starting in verse 3 so his brother said to him leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works for no one works in secret when he seeks to know when he seeks to be known openly if you do these things. Again, talking about the works, talking about the miracles. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. If we look at scripture, it will tell us that miracles don't make believers of Jesus. Amen. Miracles do not equal saving faith. We can go back even to uh, um, the children of Israel's deliverance from uh, Egypt. God orchestrated plagues which affected the Egyptians, but not the, the um, people of Israel. I was going to say the children of Israel. It still works. Amen. In Exodus 14, as they uh, have been delivered and they're making their way uh, towards freedom, uh, they get word and they look back and see that the Egyptians are coming after them. And scripture says they feared greatly. So even after, even after seeing miracles, even after seeing the works, they still don't believe. Amen. God parts the Red Sea. Miracle. Pharaohs and his armies are de destroyed, and the next chapter is a whole chapter of praise and worship. They sing about the victory, amen? 
The people get thirsty. Next chapter. The people get thirsty. They grumble. They still don't believe. They've witnessed miracles, but it hadn't, it, it hadn't equated to faith yet. They get thirsty. They grumble. They get hungry. They grumble. We see a constant refrain from the children of Israel. Did you bring us out here to die? Amen. Constantly chiding with Moses. John chapter 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000, and again, we know that they only counted the men, so that number was significantly greater than 5,000, but feeding 5,000 with two fish and five loaves is no less a miracle, amen? No less a miracle, but what was the people's response? Let's go back to John 6, starting with verse 28. What was the people's response to this miraculous work that God had done? Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Focused on the work. Jesus answered, said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to them, so they said to him rather, then what sign do you do? Focused on the works, right? What, what work do you do? What sign do you do that we may see and believe? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Their focus was not on the miracle worker, but on the works. Pastor Brian said something very awesome uh, a few weeks back in the sense that our doubt is us continuously asking God to prove himself. Has he not already proven himself? And we don't, have to, we don't even have to go back to Exodus or, 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 or John here, any of the books in the Bible. We don't have to go back and, and read text about how God delivered and how God showed up and showed out. You can look at your own life. How many times have you been in that sticky or uncomfortable or impossible situation and God came through? And yet, how often do you come to another sticky situation, uncomfortable situation, impossible situation, and you're like, oh, Lord, if you can just. That's because we're focused on the work. Amen? Miracles don't make believers. When we focus on the works, again, we are constantly asking God to prove himself. And that has nothing to do with God's ability to deliver but everything to do with our disbelief. Amen? In John 7, starting with verse 9, we see more, uh, or rather we move from disbelief to debate. Take a look at John 7, verse 9 with me, uh, going to 13. After saying this, he remained in Galilee, but after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he went, al he went also up, or also went up, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said he was a good man, others said, no, he is leading the people astray, astray rather. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. So we move from disbelief to debate. What's the debate? It's not the works per se, right? You know, yeah, we see where he healed the man uh, on the Sabbath, and, you know, there was issue with that, but when the two fish and five loaves became a buffet, nobody had a problem with that, right? 
So it's not necessarily the, the, the works that they have uh, uh, debate about. Uh, and again, these people had Old Testament texts, uh, so they were not strangers, of, of strangers to miracles, rather, or to works. Um, the debate was verse 12, and there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said he is a good man, others said, no, he is leading people astray. Well, how is he leading people astray? Certainly it's not by the works, right? Again, nobody had a problem with the fish and the loaves. Take a look at verse 14, and that gives us a little more insight uh, as to what the problem was. We'll read 14 through 18. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple and began teaching. Teaching. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning? When has he ever studied? So Jesus answered him, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks in his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who, who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. The debate is not about the works, but his word. The debate is about his teaching, that he was doing the will of the Father, that he was sent from the Father, and that he made the claim to be one with the Father. Amen? Uh, it's not about the works. Uh, Jesus was so, what makes Jesus so polarizing, again, is, is not works. We see works in Scripture. Moses did works. Elijah did works. Elisha did works, even in the New Testament. Besides Jesus doing works, we have Peter doing works, amen? So it's not about the works. Peter says at the end of uh, chapter 6, you know, Jesus, uh, the crowd, the multitude comes back to Jesus. You know, they want to make him king. So Jesus again says, hey, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you'll have no part of me, right? And what happened to the multitude? Exit stage left, right? So he turns to the 12 and says, will you leave also? Peter says, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. John 6, verse 40. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What do you believe? Is he just a good man? You know, is he just a prophet? Or is he the son of God, the word made flesh? Answering this question, we move from debate to decision. And you have to answer that question, amen? You, 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 you can't hinge, you can't stay on the outskirts. Scripture says if you're hot or cold, right? If you're lukewarm, rather. Be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Verse 25 Believe it or not, we're working our way to a close. Don't laugh. Some of the people from Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? And he is here speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? But we know where this man comes from, and when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. 
So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, you know me and you know where I come from, but I have not come on my own accord. He who sent me is true and him you do not know. I know him for I come from him and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him. They believed in him, but check this out. They said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? Are they still focused on the works? They say, could this be the Christ? But if this is the Christ, would we have that last verse? Can it be that the authorities... What verse is that? What verse is that? 26. Can it be that the authorities know that this is the Christ? The Christ, Elijah, the Christ. That's the question, isn't it? That was the question that day at the booths. That's been the question for the last 2,000 years. That's the question today. Everybody believes something, right? You know, Pastor Brian and I were having this conversation early in the week. You probably get people in your circles where people are challenging you on what they believe versus what you believe. But everybody believes in in something, right? But out of, out of all of the different routes, and we know there is but one way, amen, no one coming to the Father but by me. And if anyone comes in any other way, he is both a thief, Scripture says, and a robber. But all of those other people, we can still go to their graves. There is only one who is risen. One who after his resurrection was seen by multitudes. Of people, amen. And so this is the question before us today. See, if he's if he's just a good man, if he's just another prophet, he is of no use to us. We might as well shut this place down and 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 never come back again. Or the people rather in that day would have done well with fish and bread. If he's just a good man, if he's just a prophet. But if his works shake our disbelief, if his words silent our debate about his person, if he is indeed the Christ, we should come to the decision that he's worthy of our worship. And if his works carry the weight of hope and assurance of eternal life, that is something worth believing in. So there are two calls this morning. One, of course, to the unbeliever. God, whether you know it or not, has done tremendous work in your life. From the creation of the world that you live in and that you enjoy, to your creation in your mother's womb, when so many others didn't take root, when so many others took root but didn't make it, you made it. You're here. That is not uh, by chance. Uh, That is God's perfect will and order. Amen. It is not simply enough for you to think that he is a good man. It is not enough simply for you to think that he is a prophet. You must deal with the decision, is he the Christ? Because whether, whether you close your eyes on this side and you wake up in judgment or whether you, you're, you're alive when, the, when, when, he, when he cracks the sky and he comes back, it will be too late. For you to make that decision, amen. So we, we, we implore you, we urge you 
Uh, scripture says, we beseech you by the mercies of God. Amen. And if you are here and you have questions, you say, well, Pastor, I really don't know what I believe about Jesus. I, 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 I think he was there, and I, I think that, that, that you guys have the right answers, but I'm still unsure. We will be here after service, and we will be here as long as it takes, amen, to walk you through Scripture and, and pray by God's grace that the light bulb comes on for you. Call to the believer. I think if I could dare say this, and hear my heart on it. We're, we're probably in a, a more sticky situation. Because we tend to, because he is so common to us and because we've walked with him for X amount of years, depending on when you gave your life with him uh, or to him, rather, we, we, we tend, again, to focus on the works as believers. We're talking about the children of Israel here. They, they, they knew the writings. They knew the text. They knew of the Messiah. They, they had all the rituals and the festivals and, 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 and all the, the programs. They, they knew the protocol. And that's even for us. Amen. We know the lingo, right? God is good. And all the time. God is good. We know church. So, so we can get to the point where we're so comfortable with him that we forget that scripture says, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross one time a week on Sunday. That's what the text says, right? Take up his cross on Sunday and Wednesday for Bible study, right? Take up his cross daily. Daily, you have to daily make the decision to give your life to Christ. And that's not to say that, that, that we're getting saved every day, but you're being preserved daily. But that's a choice that you got to make, amen? amen? When that person cuts you off, I'm preaching to myself here, when that person cuts you off or when they're driving 20 miles under the speed limit, you know, you, you got to make the decision to die and not to, you know, to bless and not curse, Amen. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Pray for him. Confess my faults one to another that I might be healed. Amen. But it's a daily decision. You know, when we have, when we have aught with one another, you know, Scripture says if, if, if your brother has sinned against you, go to your brother. Amen. Not let it fester and, you know, a week turn into two months and two months turn into five years. And when they have the family reunion, you probably don't even go because you don't want to see that one person. Or if you do go, you spot them at the picnic and you go the other way. We as believers, and that's who we're dealing with. We're dealing with the people of God here in the text. We find, can find ourselves almost more distant from God than the unbeliever. Simply because he becomes common to us. Something we can pick up and put down at our, at our leisure in times where we need the works. That's when we run to the cross. Even regarding, even regarding sin. Amen. When you do that little one, you know, oh, it's okay, man. You know, I'm good. You know, God knows my heart. But then when that big one happened and, and the spirit convicted you, oh, Lord, if you'll forgive me. Oh, Lord, if you forgive me this time, I'll never do it, I'll never do it again. I still the works, amen. But he died once for all. 
again, the call to the believer, don't focus on the work. Focus on the word. He said, lo, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the age. He said, he who began a good work in you is faithful to perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. If we take him at his word, not the works, if we take him at his word, that calms the debate. That answers the question for us internally. Is he the Christ? And if that answer is emphatically yes, then it governs everything that we do. From how we interact with one another, how we interact with him. It governs our choice. Makes it easy. Makes it easy, for lack of a better word. It's not the word I'm searching for, but it makes it easy to make the choice to Submit to him and die daily and to live, live life as if Christ is alive in us. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful on today that you have called us by name, Lord. Father, that you have given a grace to us, Lord, to look to you and to receive you and to know you and to have fellowship with you and to do life in you and to have you alive in us. Lord, I pray for uh, every heart in here, if there be any, Lord, who don't know you as Lord and Savior, who don't know you uh, in saving faith, Lord. They've heard of you, they know of you, but they don't know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray. I pray that you would move on their hearts even now, Lord. Do that thing that only you can do, Lord, and that we only witness as a result of you doing it. Lord, I pray for every heart in here, Lord, that knows you and that has confessed you, Lord, and that that is living for you, Lord, but occasionally they find themselves outside of themselves, Lord. Occasionally they find that they've looked back and they've drifted far from the peaceful shores, Lord. Father, by your spirit, by your grace, would you pull us back? Father, would you pull us back to the safety of daily communion with you? Father, would you pull us back to the safety of daily worship, Father, of daily uh, uh, reading of your word, of daily fellowship, Lord? Bring us back to our first love. By your grace, by your spirit, Lord, continue to perfect those things that concern us for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. This message was brought to you by the family and friends of City Light Church. For church worship times, directions, support opportunities, or other ministry information, please visit www.citylightvicksburg.org.